We're going to go to a story that uh, I think is, is a good one and it really seems so prescient at the moment. The African Mayoral Leadership Initiative is called Amali and they unveiled plans to catalyze the transformation of cities across the continent. Much needed, not just across the continent, but here locally as well. Edgar Peterson is the founding director of the African Center for Cities, has been for a long time and doing incredible work. And they have now conceived this idea at the University of Cape Town with something called the Big Win Philanthropy. Edgar, always good to talk to you. Thanks so much for joining us. Morning, Michelle. Good to hear from you. Edgar, just first, before we go into the nitty gritty, so to speak, of this project, what was uh, the initiative's, the rationale for the initiative, and what do you hope it will do? Well, the rationale comes out of a landscape study that uh, Big Green Philanthropies did and that we were involved with, and that was really to understand wh- who was providing leadership training to the most important political leaders of Africa's cities. and. Surprisingly, from that study, it became clear that there were no tailor-made offerings for African mayors. There were lots of training programs for city managers, for senior officials, for councillors in general, but nothing that was bespoke for mayors. So that was the first impetus. The second was that we, as you know, ACC has been doing research on urbanization in Africa Mm. for the last 15 years. And we were getting really worried because even though there were policy shifts at a pan-African level and a number of African countries started to produce national urban policies, we noticed that devolution of authority and power to cities was stalled, that a lot of African governments were committed to this, but they weren't introducing the legislation or the regulatory reform to enable that. And what we know is that if Africa is going to succeed as a common market and it will take its place in the global economy, that cities have to work much better and it's got to optimize all of the resources and assets and capacity for innovation that's locked in at cities. And if you don't have political leadership that can drive that process, we're stuck. And so that was the second impetus. So we're trying to respond to this very particular gap where mayors are not being equipped with the necessary resources to be clear about what they want to achieve and how to achieve it. So, of course... I mean, Edgar, I have to raise it. It begs the question. I'm thinking of a tweet that I just saw, Lorenzo David's tweet. And, of course, he's uh, doing very interesting work around trains and traveling by train and traveling through the country. Uh, He wrote, South African politics increasingly resembles an an Oprah show. You get a seat and you get a seat and you get a seat. You all get a seat and wait for it. You get a mayoral seat and you get an MMC seat just because we can. So that's the tweet. And it does talk to this idea that now, and you mentioned the politics of it, people are being elected, and we've now seen this in Joburg, purely on the basis of politics, not on the basis of them being able to necessarily run a city. How do you work with those kind of mayors? And how do you work with coalitions, for example? Well, interestingly enough, uh, we were actually in this first round. So this program will be, we'll have an annual cohort. So we're mm. recruiting 15 to 20 mayors every year. Uh, they come to UCT for a week of intensive uh, face-to-face in-person training. Um, we've assembled an international group of experienced politicians and other leaders to work on a one-on-one basis with them during that week, and then also to serve as coaches and mentors after the program. 
After the week, they go back and then we have monthly check-ins and then we design a tailor-made support program for each mayor. Now, I'm saying all of that just to say that during the week that we had it was also the week that Mayor Paul was, uh, was, was voted out by mm-hmm. her council that very Thursday. And it, it, it sort of confirmed, because obviously because it was the inaugural program, I was very committed that we should have at least two or three South African mayors in the room mm-hmm. uh, since we are going to have this in Cape Town. And in fact, we did have three of the Gauteng Metro mayors signed up uh, wow. towards the end of last year. And all of them had to withdraw because of this intense precarity that they all face because of, as we all know, this really insecure political environment uh, that they find themselves in. And that insecurity speaks to an immaturity. So what we can do, obviously, is not reconsolve that institutional policy crisis that South African municipalities face, which I think is actually more a political culture crisis Mm. because... The political parties don't have a mature outlook about what does it take to work within a coalition framework and run a city and have the interests of citizens as the primary objective and not to simply be in power. Because what you learn and see in other, I mean, coalition government is the norm in most multi-party democracies across the world. You know, this is not something that is unique to South Africa. And what political parties there have learned is that you respect the cyclical nature of politics. If you've lost, if your coalition wasn't formed or successful, you wait for the next election because you've got to respect that it takes an administration at least a year to get up to speed, and they need those three years to be able to implement anything. And interestingly, if you look like a country like Colombia, where they have in, in Latin America, where they've got elections every three years, not even every five years, mm-hmm. and where they always have coalition governments, there the mayors understood the legacy projects, they had to continue. So, for example, huh. they could solve their public transport problems there precisely because the mayors from another party didn't think they needed to abandon that once they got in office. And so, you know, so really for us, it's, it's more a symptom of political immaturity, in my view. And we need to think differently about how do we intervene and get the political parties in some kind of uh, training environment you know, where they can figure out a methodology that is in the interest of South Africa and not in the interest of their narrow party interests. I mean, I'm interested in what you say with regards to the cyclical <coughs> nature of um, of politics, but also of of how a, a city might be run, etc., with regards to um, the political governments that or, or political parties that come into power. And I, I would, I'd be. Do you think that a an administration is is the mayor the critical position, or do you see that mayor as being a figurehead? I mean, I'm not sure that I think that they are. Yes. Um, or do you th- and, and where does the administration, the technocrats and the bureaucrats who stay as part of that cyclical nature and continue? Yeah. How would you sort of tease that out? Yeah, I mean, so one is actually in South Africa, we've got a very clear legal framework. So the the interface between the senior administrators and the political leaders are very clearly defined in law. And But what we've had is we've had a political culture emerge where that gets blurred. And of course, we know the larger debate within the country around the politics, around deployment and so forth. So... The issue isn't really deployment. Again, that is the norm in most places where you tend to have different political parties come into office after elections. Yeah. Um, because obviously they need senior technocrats that appreciate the ideological disposition and political priorities of their principal. The issue is that they need to be professional enough to 
drive those priorities, but to respect what it takes for a bureaucracy to work professionally and independently and do its work. And that's what that interface role is about. So I think it is a very healthy thing to have your DG or your head of department in a metropolitan government to be politically appointed, so Mm. to speak, but to be held to professional standards in terms of their performance. That is a democratic uh, uh, functioning, and that's healthy and so forth. The problem we have is that you often have political appointees, both for for all the political parties. It's not a uniquely ANC Mm. problem, where they've appointed people that are politically aligned but professionally incompetent. And often also they parachute people in that have not even worked in local government before. So they come from the private sector or they come from another level of government. And especially in South Africa, our local government system is immensely complex yes. and multidimensional. And to run, uh, you know, Joburg's budget is $70 billion this year, right? I mean, that's a very, very large uh, operation. And to have someone in that role who doesn't understand the fundamentals of how that sphere of government is meant to, to function is, of course, a recipe for disaster. And we've just seen that, you know, on repeat uh, across many municipalities in South Africa. I'm going to be totally facetious here, but maybe not so facetious. Is it ironic to think that we do have a 70 billion budget here in Joburg, given how the city currently looks at the moment? I mean, it looks like literally a bomb has hit it. So I want to ask you, Edgar, I think what is brilliant about this initiative is this idea that mayors from South Africa, from small small towns, larger towns, different provinces, etc., um, get to hang out and meet and talk and learn from the best practice of other mayors throughout the continent. I'm sure that that must be that that best practice learning must be phenomenal. Yeah. So the wonderful thing after the first week of the the Armani Leadership Forum was just how the WhatsApp group of these mayors have burned up. <laughs> so as they were traveling back to their cities and their countries and so forth, you know, they, they've just been absolutely liberated in terms of knowing that there's a community of practice, that's a safe space yeah. where they can be honest about what their challenges are, what they're struggling with, and they can just ask advice from peers. And no one is judging because everyone's political context is very different, but yeah. everyone is experiencing the same kinds of challenges in their different cities. So, you know, so that was really the, the standout for me. And, you know, that's also what, what I learned uh, an enormous amount from that. And so the issue is almost less the technical skills that they acquire yeah. in the process, but that community of solidarity that they are now embedded in. And this is also what we will try and optimize uh, going forward. And this is the second point to make on that. We had, for example, one of our advisors who spent the week with us was uh, the, the a gentleman from Malaysia, um, Idris Jalla, who ran the performance management unit uh, in the government of Malaysia. And he introduced this incredible uh, methodology in the Malaysian context, both at a national government and city level, where if they run into a problem, so let's take, for example, the, the pothole issue in Joburg uh, or you know the traffic light issue, he would create a lab where they bring in the best people from the private sector, civil society, academia, social movements. And as he says, they lock them up in a room for eight weeks. And they are fed and they support it, but they're not allowed to leave until they come out of that lab with a solution that everyone agrees to 
and where there's a clear resource plan and an implementation plan. Then once that plan is adopted by the political authority and leadership, the governor or the premier and the president holds them accountable on a monthly and a quarterly basis. And if they miss a target, the official that's responsible for that has a face-to-face with the president to account. And they, as a result of that, were able to, within a very short period of time, dramatically improve the performance of a whole bunch of very complicated issues in Malaysia. But the point that I'm making with this long story is simply that, you know, as he spoke, and he was very practical, very concrete, and, you know, sort of spoke about public transport, about the waste management system and so on, you could see a light bulb go off with the mayors because they could see this is, some, this is a tool that they can implement tomorrow. You know, this doesn't require an enormous amount of resources. It's just about a disposition, right? You recognize there's all these skills in your city and you bring them together in a structured way and you, you draw out the knowledge and expertise in your society and you use that to drive transformation. So, yeah, so, so you know, so in that sense, it was also very powerful for them because we didn't give them theory. We just had practitioners in the room who've done things talk about the experiences and that was the source of learning and their peer reflection. In closing, I imagine, Edgar, that that, the, that one of the outcomes of this particular project will be a reservoir of research, data, mm-hmm. um, yeah. evaluations on how to really run, run a city, which could be hugely valuable for your organization um, just to have that information, but also for cities, not just in South Africa, but on the continent. No, absolutely. So we're very excited. So part of when we got this funding from Big Win Foundation to establish this program, you know, they we made it clear that in the African context, we have a real challenge with accurate data about what is actually going on in many of these cities. And so it was important that to help sort of uh, create a level playing field for the difficult conversations to bear with the mayors, we needed an evidence base to say, you know, uh, so that it's not just anecdotal, right? So that's the one point. And the second point is we do need healthy competition between African cities because it's in the overall interest of the whole continent that everyone feels the need to dramatically uh, improve their performance and outcomes. The third issue is that we also know that, so the core of the mayoral program is they've got to, because they're all caught up in firefighting, They've got to decide on one legacy goal they want to leave at the end of their term of office. And what this program does is it teaches them a methodology to deliver on that legacy goal. And in the process, they get stronger managerial skills to obviously run their cities in in general terms more effectively. So the data support is also to help them to track the implementation of their legacy goal so that when we have the monthly check-ins with the mayors and we kind of support them in that process, we can evaluate whether progress is being made or not. Because what we, of course, all know and are too used to is politicians saying what they're going to do. And I, I, I won't uh, mention the fact that we will apparently end load shedding in the next 12 months. But, um, but, but they say what they're going to do, but obviously there's no way of tracking that they're actually achieving that. And they just restate promises, right? And this is precisely what we will get again in a week's time from the president. And there was a lovely... Uh, uh, um, uh, the Zapira cartoon, of course, where President Ramaphosa just changed the date of his to-do list for the year, right, from 2022 to 2023. And I think that phenomenon is what we're trying to counteract by bringing 
in the importance of data support yeah. to try to support governance and implementation yeah. and accountability. And holding to account as well. Absolutely. So yeah, so we've, we've got this research team, uh, what we call the governance lab, and, and we, we're bringing data sets together to get a more accurate understanding of what's going on in these cities. Edgar, a really interesting project to follow and, and uh, really delighted to find out a bit more about it. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks, Michelle. Appreciate the time. Edgar Bye. Peterson is the founding director of the African Centre for Cities, doing such fascinating work. I mean, that centre, uh, really, I think for anybody who's interested in cities and how they work culturally and otherwise as well, really should follow through with that. And they've just started the African Mayoral Leadership Initiative, or AMALI.